You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 241. And today I am joined by Amanda Powell from Digital Marketer. Coming on today, how are you, Amanda? Doing good. Excited to be back on, as always. Yeah, we got an awesome guest here with a very interesting origination story as to how we actually met, which we'll get into in just one second. Today on the show, talking about podcasting and affiliate marketing and other ways to get streams of high quality traffic to your site so you can make lots and lots of money, as well as satisfy uh, a hungry crowd with your service or product. We've got None other than Matt Wolf here from the Hustle and Flowchart podcast and Evergreen Profits, who's going to be giving us the goods here today on podcasting, affiliate marketing, and monetizing all that stuff, which I don't think we've ever talked about here on Perpetual Traffic. So I'm super excited to talk about it here. Welcome to the show, Matt. Welcome to Perpetual Traffic. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to have this conversation. So uh, t- tell folks about how we actually met. I'll sort of, uh, I'll sort of, you know, be the one to actually break the ice here. But we actually met really <laughs> over beer. Beer was it that actually brought us together way the back that when. brings everyone together. <laughs> it unites everyone. And uh, one guy in particular sort of is the Pied Piper of lots of the different networks that we have. Dan Ryan is a good friend of mine, good friend of yours, and also who has brought us one of our best and longest lasting media buyers inside Tier 11, was actually sort of the catalyst to bring us together. And that's when we first met way back when. God, it's got to be three, four years ago, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So so Dan was actually kind of my landlord for a couple years. Joe had a relationship with Dan before I knew Dan. I, I don't really remember the origin story of how Joe got to know Dan, but I moved down to San Diego from Marietta, which is about an hour north of San Diego. And when I moved down, I was looking for some office space. So I posted something on Facebook. Anybody have an office space I could rent from them in San Diego? And Dan Ryan replied and he said, I got a space for you. Come on down and check it out. So I went and checked out the space and agreed to rent it off of him. And he would never let me pay him. He would say, you know, just buy me a beer next time we get a beer. And that's good. And this office happened to be above a brewery. So I was literally buying him beers every single day because we just walked (laughs) downstairs to the brewery. I'd buy him a beer. I actually don't know if I got a better deal by buying him beers or if I would have just paid him rent. But uh, that's how I got to know Dan Ryan really well. That's how I got to know Jenny, who works for Tier 11 very well, was we all worked in this office space above a brewery together. And that's how I got to know Ralph and, you know, all the crew that, that you had with you when you were in town. And yeah, it's interesting how that connection led to to what we're doing today. <laughs> and as an expense in those years, I'm sure you reported the beer payments as an expense for the business. <laughs> Is that how that worked? Back to the IRS. We'll see that on your, you know, if you ever get audited, you know, beer forward slash rent payment. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure we did instruct our accountant to register those beer payments as rent payments. So uh, yeah, hopefully the IRS isn't listening to this. Today, we're actually going to be talking about something that the IRS is very interested in, in is monetization of something mm. that a lot of people 
don't really look at, uh, at least I don't. And this is kind of cool because it's, it's so great to have you on the show to talk about something that's different. Another way to bring traffic to your site is through the medium that we're actually talking to you, the listener on right now. So <laughs> our whole thing with perpetual traffic is we create valuable content and then, oh, by the way, you know, if you wanted to actually buy something from digital marketer or maybe engage with tier 11, that's kind of our strategy here, I suppose. But we didn't really have that strategy when we first started. We just <laughs> said, we just want to talk about traffic. So, but your business model is a lot different because it's very intentional and your current uh, podcast is very intentional with how you guys actually sort of pay for your time. And it, it does take time. You know, you either pay for things in money or in time and a podcast takes time, but it's been really lucrative for you as you continue to grow your business using podcasting as a medium to do that. And also on the back end, using some other strategies for monetization. So uh, that's what we're going to be talking about here today. And you as a professional traffic listener, I mean, obviously you're listening to this show right now, getting good advice on how to run your Facebook ads, Google ads, content marketing, all that. But also think about podcasting as another way to get you traffic. And Joe and Matt have been able to really figure this out. And so for somebody who's brand new, I don't have a show. I don't have a podcast. And it's like, ah, oh, that just, that'll take way too much time. I mean, I'd rather just go into ads manager and I can pay for my traffic like that. <laughs> like, how do you actually do it? What kind of advice would you give to somebody who sort of had that mindset? Because you guys have been able to do it very intentionally and do it really well over the years. Yeah. So you you mentioned content marketing there. And, and from our perspective, we actually see our podcast as our content marketing strategy. So all of the same benefits that people get when they, you know, when they're talking about blogging or having, you know, written content or YouTube video content or whatever type of content they're putting out there, we see podcasting as just our form of content marketing that we're we're putting out into the world. Now, when we first started our podcast, we didn't really have a lot of intentionality behind the podcast. We we literally started it because we're like, this is a great networking tool. If we, we have a podcast, then we'll just get to meet a whole bunch of people that are doing the things that we wished we could be doing and we'll learn all of their secrets. And that was originally why we started the podcast. But over time, as it kind of grew and grew and we got some traction and we got bigger and bigger guests on, and we got more and more people talking about our podcast, we started to implement systems behind it. We started to figure out how to make this work a little bit better for us. And so to go back to your question about what sort of things can you do to get going? Well, I actually feel that creating audio content is probably the easiest form of content marketing. It's the, the least amount of friction when it comes to content marketing, at least for us and our personalities. We would so much rather just jump on a call and have a conversation with somebody than put our head down and write a 5,000 word blog article <laughs> or you know spend a whole bunch of time creating and editing videos. We do do some of that as well, but we put most of our focus on this podcast is our content marketing strategy. And so the way we do it is we focus on it just two days a month. That's it. Our content marketing strategy is two days a month. We line up our recordings. We'll record four interviews in a day, two days a month, and we'll release eight episodes throughout that month. And that's it. We only have to focus on the content side of things two days a month. Now, if somebody was just starting out and they wanted to kind of get the lowest hanging fruit, biggest bang for their buck, quickest way to get it online... There are super simple tools out there to just get going today. There's a tool out there called anchor.fm where you can actually host your podcast for free. They'll actually let you slice up your podcast right inside of their platform and insert ads where you want, insert intros and outros and 
it's owned by Spotify now, and it's a nice little platform to just get something up and running. And when you are ready to kind of take the podcast to a next level, you know, put it on a more, uh, I don't know the right word, a more established host, a, a, a more reputable host. A lot of people are kind of concerned with the fact that Anchor's free. And, you know, if you put it on a, a paid host, you know, that might ease some people's minds if this is a little bit more legitimate and credible. I, I don't really know. But when you decide to move, you can easily just download all of your episodes off Anchor and move them to whatever platform you're going over to. So, you know, that'd be my response to like, you know, I don't have enough time to do a podcast or it seems too technical or I don't know what I'm doing. Well, you know, find two days a week to record or, you know, start with a once a week podcast, find one day a month to record four episodes a month and then just throw them on anchor and your podcast is just going. It's, it's just working. You don't have to do anything else. So that does the distribution for you. Like there's your first tool, <laughs> listeners of Perpetual Traffic. It's one that I, I never knew of. It's awesome. So you record, mm -hmm. you upload, like tell us about like how it actually works. How does it get distribution? Does it go into the iTunes platform? Like how do you get sort of the word out about what you're doing with your podcast through that, that tool? So Anchor actually has even a recording feature in there. You can actually log into Anchor, press the record button and just start speaking and it'll actually do the recording for you as well. Or you can upload your own episodes. If you want to record them however you want to record, you can upload them as well. But once they're recorded, they will actually send the files off to iTunes. It's owned by Spotify, so it sends them off to Spotify as well. It sends it off to Stitcher and TuneIn and pretty much every platform that you can think of where you can listen to podcasts on. Anchor, once you upload a new episode, it's going to automatically send them to all of the various platforms where people can tune into podcasts. And, you know, you might get some organic growth from them. When it comes to podcasting, I, you know, we all know here that you kind of got to prime the pump and you do a little bit of your own work to market it in the beginning. Otherwise, those platforms aren't going to just market it for you, but it will distribute it everywhere. Anywhere podcasts could be found, it's going to distribute it there for you. I think that's really interesting because originally you were talking about how you first started the podcast. It wasn't originally you know, supposed to be a strategy. And then you said now it functions as your content marketing strategy. And I think that it's so interesting because, you know, you hear a lot about like, oh, if you do the transcript of the podcast, then it can almost function as like the physical content as well. Um, like at what point did you think that you actually had something and then start changing the strategy to focus more on, oh, maybe we should market this? It was actually, I think when we brought the first product creator that we interviewed, I think we had a by episode 15 or something like that, we had somebody on there that was promoting a quiz tool that they had. It was, you know, to build quiz funnel things where you answer yeah. a bunch of questions and then they ask you to opt in and then, you know, you can drive traffic into this quiz. We interviewed somebody that made one of those tools. And right before we interviewed him, he said, hey, do you want me to give you an affiliate link? Anybody who comes and buys our tool after listening to this podcast, I'll send you a commission on it. And we're like, sure, I don't really know how many people this podcast is getting in front of yet, but <laughs> we'll take it, right? And so he gave us an affiliate link. That episode went live. And then within a week of that episode going live, we had like 10 recurring commissions of $50 a month or whatever it was from that one podcast episode. And we just went, man, we talked to somebody for an hour, put the podcast out into the world and just added an extra $500 in recurring revenue to our business. Maybe we should deal. travel down this path a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good deal. So you kind of like the monetization part of it. Sounds like you sort of kind of stumbled on it. The affiliate side, definitely, yes. It wasn't our initial intention. Our initial intention was just to have cool conversations and to network. 
But when we saw that affiliate revenue start to come in from some of our guests, we went, let's kind of lean into this. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did that change the overarching strategy of the show itself? You said, all right, we need to replicate that in other spaces with people who have affiliate links. Or was it just <laughs> sort of, hey, whenever it, they sort of came by or like, how did you kind of pivot, I suppose, the word still of the day 10 years later to make you know the podcast a little bit more intentional from a monetization perspective with relation to affiliate marketing? Yeah, we, we definitely started to put a little more focus on bringing product creators on. Specifically, we found with our podcast, it was tool creators that worked really well for us. We would bring people on that had, you know, online courses and things like that. But those never really quite performed as well as talking about tools. And so what we decided to do was kind of lean into that a bit and go, okay, let's try to bring at least one or two people on a month that have a tool. We'll get their story about how this tool came to be, why they decided to create it, what the, the benefits are. We wanted more of the story around the tool than, you know, essentially an infomercial for the tool. <laughs> Basically, we reserved the last like five minutes of the podcast to be like, okay, let's go ahead and pitch your tool now. But for the most part, we just wanted good content out of the people. So in the beginning, we were kind of looking for one or two of those a month. But one of the, the sort of shifts that we had in our mind was we didn't need to bring on a tool creator for every single episode just to generate affiliate commissions off these tools. One of the things that we realized is we can talk about topics and still talk about some of these tools, even if the person we brought on wasn't the tool creator. So for example, maybe we brought on somebody that was an expert in webinars. Well, throughout the episode, we might mention a few of our favorite webinar tools and use those as our affiliate links. And then what we started to do is we started to play around a little bit with paid traffic where we would retarget people who listen to episodes on a specific topic to the most relevant tool to that episode. So for example, if we had an episode about you know webinar strategies, you might start seeing a retargeting ad from us on Facebook and Google Display Network around you know, a webinar tool that we use, Webinar Jam or EverWebinar or something like that, we would start actually promoting relevant tools to episodes that they just listened to. And so in the, the user's mind or the listener's mind, they're kind of thinking, huh, I'm seeing this ad for Webinar Jam. That's interesting. They were just talking about Webinar Jam on a podcast I was listening to yesterday. That. <laughs> and so we're kind of incepting them a little bit, you know? And so we started to do more of that. And that kind of stuff helped ramp up the affiliate revenue even more. Right. And that just like furthers the belief that they were, in fact, listening to my phone, which I get all the time. You know, like, no, well, kind of sort of. Yeah, we don't really know. Probably they are. <laughs> I love that it's the tools episodes that did so well. And I'm laughing because I know when my our social media manager listens to this, she's gonna just die laughing because it's always the tool posts why is it that the tool posts always do so well if we post anything on social anything on the digital marketer blog about tools people eat it up it's always the best performing yeah people no. love marketing tools yeah they, they want shortcuts everybody anybody yes. any process that they're doing repetitively people want to figure out how they can shortcut that process or take it off their plate and you know, there's usually tools for that. <laughs> but yeah. I think that's such a good strategy, too, to retarget them with the tool. Like, here's exactly what I was just talking about. And I have this offer here right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's very, very effective. And we've been doing it 
pretty well for a while. Part of the problem that you do run into is that once the episode kind of gets older and there's less eyeballs on it, you got to phase out some of the ads. So we're constantly creating new ads and putting them in there and, and refreshing them because older episodes will stop feeding the pixel, essentially. Right. Right. Yeah, totally makes sense. So when you're doing this with what ad platforms, I would assume Facebook being one of them, but you're obviously you're a Google search guy, knowing that you come from a uh, Dan Ryan background to a certain degree. Uh, I mean, are, are those the platforms or are there other ones that you use? How do you how do you kind of do it? Yeah. So for the retargeting, we mostly use Facebook ads and Google Display Network ads. And then we also build RLSAs, right? Retargeting list for search ads. We also build RLSAs based on our who's listening to episodes as well for the various products. So if somebody listened to the episode and then searched for one of these tools, then ideally we're going to be towards the top of Google and pay a slightly cheaper cost per click because we built this RLSA audience. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super smart. So the episodes from your perspective, I mean, obviously the, the first one is kind of like a revelation. Wait a second. We just got 10 recurring people buying this $50 a month product, like what offers, I mean, obviously tool related, software related, I would imagine mm -hmm. stuff that you, you mentioned on the show, like what's sort of the key to that? Is it, so have you found any specific type of tool that works better for your audience? And we should probably mention that, you know, for your particular show. I mean, you're really helping online entrepreneurs drive more traffic to their offers. That's pretty much your, your niche, online entrepreneurs, business owners, that kind of thing, tons mm -hmm. of tools there. So, you know, whatever your niche would be, you'd obviously have to sort of think about this strategy a little bit more intentionally, but have you found like it's always the tools, but you also have products that you guys sell as well, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, our, our audience is mostly people that want to do digital marketing, right? So it, online business, offline business, if you have a digital marketing element, that's what we talk about. So we are talking about copywriting. We're talking about traffic. We're talking about automation. We're talking about webinars and paid traffic strategies and free traffic strategies and social media and all that kind of stuff. We kind of cover that entire range of things. So any sort of tool that automates or makes any of that stuff easier is really our bread and butter. But I mean, it, it ranges. We sell quite a bit of page builders, things like ClickFunnels and Thrive Architect. We sell checkout page stuff. We sell a lot of Thrivecart. That's one of our big affiliate products. We sell a tool called Designer, which is a, a tool that converts your blog posts into PDFs and will also transcribe videos and take screenshots of the videos throughout the transcriptions for you. We sell a, an opt-in tool, like a, you know, a light box tool that pops up on your blog. And so, I mean, it, it, it's a pretty varying and wide range of products that work, but it's all stuff that kind of makes your digital marketing efforts easier is really where we operate. Yeah. And it's a natural extension to the conversation. Like if you're talking about content marketing and Hey, the quickest and easiest way to create a lead magnet and you're explaining that whole concept, how to create an opt-in on your site. And oh, by the way, this tool called Designer will actually do this for you from a blog post. It's sort of a natural progression. And people are like, oh, I never heard of that tool before. That'll actually cut my time better, faster, cheaper, right? Exactly. In order to be able to create this stuff to help my business. So it's just a natural flow. Is that the reason why flow is in the name of your show? <laughs> Actually, the hustle and flow chart name came to me while I was in the shower one day, but the meaning behind it was meant to be sort of 
hustle and flowchart, hustle being the, the kind of sales, grind, hard work, flowchart being the systematic, methodical, creating systems and flowcharts and processes behind it. But then we actually carried it on to extend it to the hustle is Joe and the flowchart is Matt. So a lot of people now say like <laughs> Joe hustle fear and Matt flowchart wolf. And it's sort of extent because I tend to be more of the analytical systems guy. And Joe tends to be more of the like, go, 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 get on the phone, network, talk to people, that kind of guy. And so a lot of people started to associate the hustle and flowchart with Matt and Joe. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> and you really need both though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to it's run true. a business for sure. That's very cool. So you also, you have guests on the show that have their own products and, you know, they may be in the middle of a product launch, that kind of thing. That scenario kind of comes into it as well. And obviously it's in their best interest to be on your show just at the right time before a launch. You yep. guys, you know, how do you sort of target the best guests for somebody who is saying, hey, this seems like a pretty good idea for my particular niche, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, that was my question, Ralph. I'm I'm curious <laughs> as like when you started as like a networking opportunity and then realized that you could use it as, you know, a strategy, how did you get the best and brightest, right, on the show? Were you just reaching out cold to be like, hey, come <laughs> come chat yeah. with us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a few different things there. So you know, number one, Joe and I have been around the, the sort of digital marketing, <laughs> internet marketing space since about 2005. So we have a lot of sort of network and connections that we built already. So I want to sort of disclaim that up front that, you know, we weren't starting from scratch with our podcast. We did have that network already. Now saying that, the best way that we found guests that we thought would work well as affiliate stuff was to just look at the products we were using, right? So we were using a lot of tools in our business. I'm a sort of like growth hacker type person myself. I love just experimenting with new tools and new things and trying to figure out new ad strategies or SEO strategies. And I just like to, to sort of hack around a bit and figure out what works. And so I've used a lot of tools over the years. So I just started reaching out to the people who created the tools that I use. Some of them I already knew, some of them I, did, I didn't know. If I didn't know them, I'd ask around for a connection and ask for an, an email intro. And you know, then I just start telling them, hey, I use your tool, I love your tool, I've mentioned your tool on our podcast in the past. Would you like to come on and you know talk about it even more? We'll definitely get you some sales out of it. And you rarely get people saying no to that, surprisingly. The other thing that we do to get really good guests on, this was actually something that came from a you know, mutual friend at Roland Frazier, was he said what you guys should do is go and create a Dream 100 list. Go create you know, an Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet of 100 people that you would absolutely love to have on the podcast. If you had this person on the podcast, it would just take the show to a new level. So we made our list of 100 people and then we actually started putting that in our email signature. So every single person that we had communication with through email was seeing our dream 100. And it was just a little blurb in the in the, the bottom of the signature that said something to the effect of, hey, do you know any of these people on this list? Would you mind making a connection? And then we put the link to the, the spreadsheet. And when we did that, within the first like three months of us doing that, we actually got 25 out of the 100 people that oh. were on our list to actually join us on the show. 
And still to this day, we still put that in our emails and we still get random intros to people. I mean, that's how we got James Altucher on the show. That's how we got introduced to Mike Dillard. That's how we got Perry Marshall. And we've had some really good names on the show that we're really proud that we managed to get them on the show. And most of them all came from Roland Fraser's Dream 100 idea that he gave us. I love that you just talked about that. And I'll tell you why. Because we did strategic planning at the end of December for Digital Marketer and as part of the digital marketer content strategy, Richard Linder, our co-founder and president, was like, I want you and the entire content team to create a Dream 100 list. And then he was obviously talking about you, Matt. He said, <laughs> there is a marketer who put their Dream 100 list in their email signature and got was able to get contributors for his podcast using this list. And uh -huh. that is what I want us to do in terms of people who we want to work with in terms of our social channels, in terms of, you know, our content channels, in terms of our product channels. So that has been one of the biggest initiatives of digital marketers. Everyone had to create their Dream 100 list. And then we have been, you know, working them around the office, trying to figure out who has a connection to who. And I love that you put it in the email signature. Like that just seems like this most simple but smartest marketing strategy and such like a, a smart marketing hack to be like, hey, make this connection because we're already working together. Yeah, it, it's so interesting because you, you really never know who knows who. It, it's funny because we actually we had Perry Marshall on the show <laughs> and the way we got connected to Perry Marshall was like our bookkeeper's brother knew Perry. It was like one of those kinds of things <laughs> where they just sort of happened to glance at our Dream 100 and went, oh, I actually know somebody who knows Perry. Maybe I can make the connection. Yeah. And just you, you just never really know. And it, it may not even come from people that you would expect. It may not even come from people in your existing industry. You just never know. And then the other place that we also put it is when these episodes go live. So when we interview somebody on the show and then we follow up and say, hey, your show is live. We also mention in that follow-up email, hey, by the way, we've got this list. If you know anybody on the list, would you mind making a connection? And, you know, they're already sort of grateful that they were on your show and the show just got released and you're helping market to whatever it is they're doing. Usually there's a little bit of a reciprocation element where most people say, hey, I'm going to check out your list and see if I can make any intros for you. Yeah. And I just love that. And I feel like it's always so unexpected. Like we... I mean, I was at a conference last year and I was chatting our managing editor at the conference like, oh, my gosh, I was just in the session. It was, you know, based around SEO and content. And our managing editor was like, hey, what's her name? And I told her her name and she was like, oh, I went to college with her. <laughs> <laughs> it's Crazy. just I mean, you never know who knows people. I think that's something you just don't think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very true. We've been very shocked with the results. And, you know, knowing knowing people like Roland helps, too, because if you don't know him, Roland probably does. But, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <right. laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's a good one to know. He's kind of, <laughs> kind of a networker. So in addition to that as a great strategy to tap into you know, your Dream 100 audiences, which obviously there's a part of that, which is there's some reciprocation. If they're on your show, chances are they're probably going to promote it to their social networks. That kind of thing obviously helps, you know, with the traction of the show. What other ways do you, and this is something that I'm asked quite a bit is what other ways do you use? I don't really have a great answer to this aside from just networking and creating really good content, having really good guests on the show. But what in addition to that is a great way to, sh to grow a podcast, whether it's in your niche or whether it's in, 
you know, the attorney niche or the, you know, the tax niche or whatever podcast it is. What What's another way in addition to what we've already talked about to be able to grow that show and make it even more successful and more widespread? Yeah, no, I, I love this question because one of the, the courses that Joe and I used to sell, we don't actually sell it anymore, was called Pod Hacker and it was supposed to be podcaster and growth hacker, right? So Joe and I have really experimented with a lot of various like growth hacky type stuff to try to grow our show. And so we've, we've had a handful of things that have worked pretty well. So one of, one of the most effective ways that we've managed to grow our show is that you can actually advertise inside of the various podcast apps. There's an app called Overcast. There's an app called Castro. There's another podcast app that's popular on Android called Podcast Republic. There's a handful of really popular podcast app players for various mobile phones. Most people don't realize this, but you can actually go and buy advertising right inside of the podcast apps that people are listening on. And that's probably the absolute best way that you can get your podcast in front of people that we know listen to podcasts is just put the ads right in front of those apps. And most of those apps only advertise podcasts. So it's not like you're sort of rotating between, you know, a, a Geico ad and a podcast ad. It's just those apps will feature other podcasts if you want to pay for the advertising in those apps. And what we actually managed to do was we reverse engineered our, our numbers. We know that based on the downloads, we can kind of guess how many subscribers we have. And based on our subscribers, we, we know the value of a subscriber to us. So we went and experimented with some of those apps. And we know that one subscriber who listens to our podcast is worth roughly 10 bucks a month to us. And so if we can go and get a subscriber for 10 bucks or less to acquire that subscriber, we're, we're going to play with some of those platforms. And so on Overcast, for example, we were getting new subscribers at a rate of $2 per subscriber. So because we knew the value of one subscriber on our podcast, we were able to go and pay for ads at less than the value of our subscriber. And now the sky is the limit for how much we can grow this podcast. It's just how much budget can we push into it? I feel like it's something that most direct response marketers know in regards to, you know, driving Facebook ads <laughs> to a landing page to make their sale. They know the value of a subscriber on their list. They know the value of a, the lifetime value of a customer. A lot of entrepreneurs have those numbers dialed in, but then you jump over to like the podcasters, even the podcasters who are marketers don't seem to know their numbers. So once you sort of reverse engineer those numbers, it actually becomes really, really easy to grow your podcast. You just go find the places that you can pump money into and grow your subscriber base at a rate lower than the value per subscriber, if that makes sense. But those ads work really, really well. That's one place that we've had some success. Another place that's working fairly well for us right now is actually driving Twitter ads. Twitter ads were actually paying about 25 cents a click or something like that. They've been really cheap and they've actually led to downloads and subscribers. So another way that you can actually promote your podcast, and this has actually been really effective for us, is we've actually been playing around on Reddit. Reddit is a platform that's been growing and growing and growing. I feel like it kind of had a heyday several years ago and then people stopped talking about Reddit and now Reddit is kind of on the rise again. We've actually been experimenting with both organic and paid Reddit ads. Now, organic has been more effective than actually paying for Reddit ads. And when I say organic, what we actually did was we created a whole subreddit around just our podcast. Hmm. So now we have a hustle and flowchart subreddit 
for just our show, where people who listen to our show, A, it, it's sort of a, a secondary feed. So they'll the, anytime a new episode goes live, they see it in that subreddit and kind of get alerted that there's a new episode. But also it gives them a place to have discussion around the episodes and to, to sort of almost kind of rank episodes, right? Because you can upvote episodes or downvote episodes based on what you do and don't like. So it kind of gives a new platform for people to, you know, let us know what episodes they like and don't like and have some commentary around the podcast and also feed new episodes to people that are paying attention. So that's that's another thing that we've been doing that's been working well. I've been hearing a lot about the Reddit strategy on both paid and the organic side. So are you using it like a online community almost for your podcast? Are you jumping in and almost mm -hmm. like are you responding to anything anyone is saying or are you kind of letting the community run itself like within the subreddit? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely jumping in and interacting. It's kind of like it's it's kind of like almost any other media platform that sure. you tried to build. You you do kind of have to to prime that pump a little bit. You have to sort of kickstart the engagement. I wouldn't say our subreddit is the most engaged subreddit, but if you look <laughs> at our, our Google Analytics, it drives traffic to our, our website and to our show. So we know it's effective. You know, if there was one thing I wish about that subreddit, I wish more people were coming in and interacting and there was a little bit more engagement and discussion on it. But it is growing and we are starting to see it more and more. And Joe and I do jump into that and respond anytime something comes up. Right now, I think the biggest benefit of having that subreddit is it kind of provides a secondary feed where people that are on Reddit a lot, that's their their platform of choice. That's the tool they use when they're sitting on the toilet or whatever, right? They're, they're, they're seeing our podcast episodes pop up in their feed. And that's sort of the biggest benefit. The community is something that we're hoping, you know, sort of cultivates and builds out a little bit better over time, but it is starting to happen a little bit. It's kind of like if you were to create a Facebook group yeah. and we do the same thing with the Facebook group too. The Facebook group is another really great way to grow a podcast is to actually create a Facebook group just for your podcast so that people can have discussions around your podcast, but also so you can post the links to your new episodes to that group. And anybody who wants to st sort of stay informed about when new episodes are going live, they can see them inside of that group and then they can interact and engage. The Facebook group is definitely more engaged than the Reddit subreddit, but the subreddit actually drives more traffic to the show than the Facebook group. So. Oh, that's interesting. Damn, dude. Like those are four. Okay, so now I have my answer whenever <laughs> anybody asks me, and I'll say, uh, I don't know how I found out about that. I just heard someone was using it. <laughs> no, actually, that's great. So it's Overcast, Castro, Podcast, Republic platforms, first off. That was your first tip. Second one was Twitter ads. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Third is Reddit. Fourth is Facebook groups. Br mm -hmm. like, that's brilliant. And of course, you being the flowchart guy, how do you measure all that? And how do you how do you how do run the analytics as to which ones are really pulling for you? Yeah, so we actually there's a tool called Smart Links, and it's actually a completely free tool. It's it's created by a company called Chartable. And what Chartable does is if you have a podcast, you can log into Chartable and it will actually sort of curate all of your reviews across everywhere they've happened. So as as podcasters, we like to you know, we, we like to keep our finger on the pulse of what people are saying about the, the show. So we like to watch reviews for that feedback. Part of the problem with something like iTunes is to see the reviews you get in the U.S., you got to log into iTunes in the U.S. and see the reviews. Then you got to log out and log into Canada and see the reviews you're getting in Canada and then log out and log into U.K. and see the reviews that way. And it's kind of a very tedious process. Chartable sort of 
brings them all together in one place from any sort of country that they're at. And it also keeps data on where you're ranking at any given time. So you can actually go to Chartable and look up any podcast. It'll tell you the sort of historical rankings of that podcast and how high it's climbed in the ranks in iTunes and how many reviews it has. And it brings all that data together for you for free. But they just released a, a fairly new tool called Smart Links, which you basically plug in the episode of your latest podcast URL. It actually syncs into to your podcast host and actually grabs download numbers and demographic information and click numbers and all that good stuff. It, it sort of pulls all that stuff into its system and then helps with the attribution of downloads to where the initial source came from. So we'll make a smart link for a Twitter ad and we'll use that smart link. We'll plug it into our Twitter ad. And then when we log into smart links, it will actually tell us, okay, you had 200 clicks on this smart link of those 200 clicks, 50 of them actually turn into downloads on your podcast. And so it actually can attribute the initial source all the way to a download. It won't attribute all the way to a subscriber. That's a number that everybody to this day still has to kind of guess on, but it will tell you how many downloads came as a result of that link that you created. So then what we're doing is we're just going around and we're creating smart links for every platform that we're posting on. There's smart links that are going into Reddit. There's smart links that are going into our Facebook group, smart links that are going into Twitter. Every platform we post on, we create a, a unique smart link so that we can attribute the downloads back to the initial source where the traffic came from. That's awesome. And where do you get that? Like, where is the URL? It's, is it chartable.com and then it's a product under chartable or mm -hmm. where do you actually find that? Okay. Yeah. So chartable.com. And I believe there's going to be a link somewhere on chartable's website with links to smart links and it's all free. You just got to create a free account with them and they do have a premium version, but it's not worth it. You don't need to pay for it. Basically the premium version just gives you custom URLs, So you can, you know, use a C name and plug in a custom URL. Yeah, absolutely. I was expecting you to say Google analytics and I was like, <laughs> ah, that's just so not cutting edge. And obviously with you, everything is cutting edge when it comes to uh, podcast stuff. <laughs> that that's super cool, man. Like those are, yeah, those tips right there are worth the price that you pay for this podcast, which, by the way, I don't think anybody pays for this, do they, Amanda? <laughs> I know no, it's all the best information for free, right? <laughs> yeah. So you, read the podcast. The, so you read that every month or a couple of weeks, you just decide, okay, this is where we're going to spend our time. This is where we're going to spend our energy. Or is it just so variable on all the different platforms in which you're promoting shows based upon content or have you been able to really narrow down and say, okay, this era, like Twitter is really the one where it's really, we're getting really what we believe is the most subscribers, you know, through mm -hmm. downloads, through interest. Is, is it directional like that? Or is it really depend on the subject of the actual individual episode? What's your sense? I'll look at it about once a week or so. And typically we use it to find out what things we're wasting our time on. It's not very dependent on the topic of the episode. It really is sort of some platforms work well for driving podcast downloads and some don't. That's what we found ourselves. So for instance, we were posting a lot of stuff on Instagram and doing the whole like link in the bio and doing the whole, you know, watch this story and swipe up to see the link and people can swipe up and go straight to the episode. What we found when we were starting to use the smart links was we were getting a lot of engagement on Instagram. Instagram was great for sort of growing our brand and growing our awareness, 
but literally nobody was clicking back to our podcast from Instagram. People mm. hate so, leaving Instagram. I feel <laughs> nobody will leave Instagram. <laughs> nobody seems to leave Instagram. Yeah. So, um, so we decided, you know what? That's that's something that's sort of wasting our time. We actually had a team member who was spending several hours a week creating assets on Instagram and creating links on Instagram to point to our podcast episodes and things like that. And we, based on the data, we we were able to determine, okay, this is not a valuable use of our time. We'd look at Twitter and we saw Twitter had the, the highest correlation of clicks to actual downloads on the episode. Okay, Twitter seems to be moving the needle a little bit. So that's really how we're analyzing it. And what we found is that Twitter seems to be working well. Reddit seems to be working well. Facebook groups seem to be working well. But you know, Instagram, nothing. When we tested Pinterest, we weren't getting much traction off Pinterest. Uh, when we post stuff to our, our page versus our group, our page doesn't seem to drive much traffic. But when we post to our group, it does seem to drive traffic. I love that it's all of the community, ch- like Twitter. It's all the places where people can talk to each other. Do you, I mean, the Facebook group, Twitter, where you can tweet back and forth, the Reddit, mm. the subreddit. It's all places where people can, I'm assuming, like chat about your content and chat about the episodes and like have discussions about it is what it seems to me like you're describing. Yeah. I mean, that's that I think that pretty much sums it up between those and the the handful of ad platforms that we play with. That's that's really our growth strategy is build the community and, and drive some ads. Yeah. It's just so cool. Like, I mean, the common thread there is the social side of things. And that's the one thing that's kind of missing. If you're just downloading your podcast on iTunes, people can't really interact, but they're craving that still, even in an audio medium where it's outside of iTunes. And I assume when you're promoting the individual episodes, are you sending them to a link in iTunes? You're sending them back to evergreenprofits.com or your podcast page? Like, How are you actually doing it? What link do you share there? So that's actually something I forgot to mention about that smart links tool that we're using is that we'll actually redirect people based on the device that they're on. Mm. So when you create these smart links, if you're on a iPhone and you see it on an iPhone, it's going to direct you to Apple podcasts. If you're on an Android right now, we have it set to direct you to Google podcasts, although I think we're going to switch that eventually to directing to Spotify because I think that's sort of starting to outpace Google Podcasts a little bit. If you see the email or the ad on a desktop, we actually just drive you straight to our show notes page, just our landing page. So based on the device that they're they're viewing it on, we're going to drive them to a different platform that is going to be most relevant to whatever device they're looking at. That's very cool. Well, I mean, this is the kind of stuff I, you know, I've, I've been a lot of podcast shows of how to build podcasts. I don't think I've ever given as great tactical and strategic <laughs> advice as you have on this show. So first off, thanks for totally making me look not smart, which is my goal in life is to talk with people way smarter than me that know way more than I do. And, uh, you know, as I said before, I will be stealing all this stuff the next time. Yeah, I feel like we claiming yeah. this now. Yeah, no, but seriously, you've got, you got some great ideas for the podcast over here. That's for sure. Seriously. Well, you it. also have the makings of like not many people know how to do this. So there might be some monetization in that right. uh, yep. for you as well, which is tremendous. So this has been great, man. I uh, really appreciate you coming on. I know uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing you and your partner next couple of months. I'm out there next month. And then obviously for Traffic and Conversion Summit, maybe we'll have yeah. a couple of beers together. And maybe you can play <laughs> a little guitar. I don't know if you were Sounds in on that good. first jam session. I not. was. You blew me away with your rush. I was like, man, this guy jams. <laughs> I think that was after like the beer, like number six or <laughs> seven, which happens when you're hanging around with Dan Ryan. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. He doesn't let you finish one without giving you another one. So this is great. We really appreciate you coming on Perpetual Traffic and really bringing it on this hidden source of potential traffic for your business. Yeah, we talk about Facebook and Instagram here. You know, we talked about how Matt doesn't really think Instagram in particular is great for this type of venue, which is fine. But still, you know, this is another way to drive traffic to your site, get people engaged with what it is that you have to sell, whether it's a product or a service or some kind of, you know, digital product. It doesn't matter. Like there are people that are out there that are just dying for information in and around your business. These guys have obviously been able to do it in the digital marketing entrepreneurial space with their awesome show, uh, which I highly recommend everyone take a listen to. That's over at evergreenprofits.com and it's the Hustle and Flowchart podcast. Definitely will uh, accept another invitation to come back on that show for you guys at some point in time in the future. But this has been really awesome today. Uh, where can people get more information about what you guys do, what you have to offer? Where can they find you? That kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, evergreenprofits.com is really this sort of hub for everything we do, our podcast, our written content, all of that kind of stuff. We actually do have a book for sale on Amazon. It's actually a, a traffic book that, that talks, it does talk about podcasting and it talks about the various traffic strategies that we use for our affiliate marketing and to grow our podcast. And, but yeah, so we, we've got a free digital copy if somebody wants to grab it over at hustleandflowchart.com slash perpetual. So if you go to hustleandflowchart.com slash perpetual, you can get a, a free copy. It's called the Evergreen Traffic Playbook. And really what it is, all of the guests that we've brought on over the years who have talked about various traffic strategies, we've taken away some of the best notes and tips and tactics that they gave us and compiled them all into this sort of resource where you can sort of hear the culmination of all these traffic strategies. And I'm pretty sure, Ralph, you're one of them uh, that's, that's in there. So um, I think Ralph's notes of the strategies he talked about on his episode with us are in there as well. So that's at uh, hustleandflowchart.com slash perpetual. Awesome. Very cool. Well, we'll also leave plenty of links in the show notes here to go grab that uh, when you're not driving or when you're back at your computer or when you're in a spot where you can download them. And that is at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 241. Great to have you on the show, Matt. And uh, like I said, look forward to seeing you in a few weeks. And uh, for all of us here at Perpetual Traffic, thanks. And we will see you next week. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.